Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Chair Shot Radio. Yes, Chair Shot Radio, which you can find every day at thechairshot.com. This is Miranda Morales. Yes, not Greg DeMarco, not Patrick O'Dowd, not PC Tunney, uh, not Mags, not anybody. Well, except me, Miranda Morales. Uh, and I am joined once again by my co-host with the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. We are back to bring you your weekly Lucha Libre content. Of course, yes, we got a Lucha topic for you on the Wednesday edition of Cheer Shot Radio. But before we get into that, I'm going to bring Dusty and Brendan in. Gentlemen, welcome back. Third time's a charm here. Yeah. I was joking about taking over, but here we are doing another segment so fast. Yep. The public demands it. (laughs) They like us. They really like us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yes, of course, uh, we are part of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, which you can find uh, at thechairshot.com. Also, our home at luchacentral.com. We bring you everything you need to know about the world of Lucha Libre each and every week. And we've been taking over. Episodes of uh, Chair Shot Radio on Wednesdays, including this Wednesday's edition. So thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, we are your resident Lucha Libre experts. Uh, I say the, you know, we, not me. Please experts do not is a loose term here. <laughs> very, you know, for the we, you know, expert. Uh, you know, we, we know experts. We know historians. So that's why I think we are fairly humble in being able to, to say that. But in the chairshop.com, of course, is your place for wrestling news, analysis, opinions, sports entertainment, and sports entertainment. So we got everything covered for you. And with that, with today's topic, it's an interesting one. It delves into the world of pop culture. It delves into the world of pro wrestling and a fairly deep-rooted relationship and tradition between pop culture and lucha libre. And we'll talk about some of the past and also some more modern examples of that. Uh, so really a little bit of history before we jump into things. Uh, Lucha Libre. Everybody has a sense of Lucha Libre. If it isn't from actually watching a wrestling uh, match, 
It may be from what you see in television and movies. The earliest examples of that is, of course, the El Santo movies from the 1950s. Uh, everybody remembers that in some aspect. The El Santo mask has become synonymous with Lucha Libre, not just as the art form, which it has it's become art. The, the El Santo mask is literally things that you've seen on walls and on T-shirts, on murals, uh, but also you know, the a huge identity of, of Lucha Libre as, you know, El Santo was really the legend, the godfather of Lucha Libre. Even from that, the luchador Mil Mascaras was created based off of his roles in movies. So it was the beginning of the creation of a wrestling entity based off of what we saw in movies. Of course, El Santo Comics. And even in modern interpretation, you've seen Lucha Libre in television like, uh, you know, uh, Nacho Libre, which mm-hmm. is kind of one of the more uh, well-known modern examples. On And again, TV uh, masks have been a huge uh, social uh, presence. So, again, it, it's it's had its presence. And even now, I want to get your thoughts on this, you guys, as far as, you know, Lucha Libre in pop culture and how it's impacted its presence. Uh, Brendan, I'll have you go first. Well, I mean, you did hit on something when you remembered Nacho Libre because uh, there's when I'm walking around with one of my Lucha Dash masks on or I've got one of my multiple Lucha Lucha shirts on, I get one of two comments, which is, is that Rey Mysterio, even though it's almost never Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> or... Is that like like Nacho Libre? And then I go on to explain that Nacho Libre was a more comical version of a real story about a real person. But it is it it shows to me just how how uh, widespread the presence is. Like people who don't watch wrestling will look at that a shirt with a luchador mask on it and immediately identify it with with some with that some experience they've had, either Rey Mysterio from their childhood or the movie Nacho Libre. So yeah, it is a huge, huge part of pop culture, and it seems to just be kind of growing and expanding regularly at this point. Dusty? Yeah, absolutely. Nacho Libre really opened the door to the idea of a Lucha Libre movie to a lot of Americans, but this had been something that had been going on in Mexico for you know 50 years by that point. Um, <laughs> yep. We mentioned Santo, but Blue Demon was in the yeah. movies, Mil Mascaras. Mil Mascaras is still making movies, uh, or at least he was a few years ago. Um, you know, like these guys, the they were good in the ring and they were pioneers at what they did in the ring. But what really has cemented their legacy and made like Blue Demon and Santo the guys it, it, are the movies. I yeah. mean, that's what projected them and elevated them above the crowd, so to speak, in wrestling. And it's what helped them kind of get their due. I mean, like Io Del Santo and Blue Demon Jr., they're still kind of coasting on that popularity. Mm-hmm. Coasting probably isn't the right word, but you know what I mean? Like that there's still that the momentum that their fathers created <laughs> is what they're, you know, still progressing on. And so much of that came from the movies. They were in the movies together. Like their yeah. their careers were kind of intertwined for a long time. The the juniors apparently don't get along very well at this point, but you never know. 
and you know maybe there's a movie to be made and <laughs> but they were yeah. also the first kind of real life superheroes these were guys that you could see in the movies they were superheroes they defeated the mummies the vampire they were almost always horror movies um you know the evil brain the mummy the vampire the zombies but then not only could you see that in the movie theater and that excitement they'd come to your town like you could see them yeah. and the excitement and yeah it's just mm-hmm. It was an incredible pairing in the way that they thought to, you know, kind of portray themselves in the movies became the way they portrayed themselves in the ring. And so it was all intertwined um, almost inseparably from their careers. Like you can't think of Blue Demon or Santo without thinking of them being in the movies. No Mascaras to a lesser degree. Um, His movies just weren't as popular here. But, (laughs) you know, what can you do? And so, I mean, I think of him as more of a luchador or a showman than I do an actor or a movie star. Yeah. Uh, But it's an interesting thing on this, too, because Mil Mascaras is the only one of those three that you were talking about we've actually seen wrestle. Like, there is no Mm, recorded footage of Santo and Blue Demon, just the movies. So uh, we've seen the little hints of their wrestling in the movies, but we don't. There, you you can't go to any sort of tape trader and find an an El Santo match. You just it can't happen. So uh, their their mystique was absolutely built to their movies to that point that you were making, Dusty. Yes, and Milma Scotters too. You know, we mentioned the footage. He was able to kind of launch himself from the movies to international stardom yeah. in a way that. The other Santo and Blue Demon just yeah. weren't. Milma Scotters wrestled for, uh, I believe, IWA first in New York, and he was their champion. Then he wrestled for WWWF before they were WWF. He wrestled in Japan. He wrestled in Los Angeles. He was the first luchador to kind of become international in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And it was all from, you know, seizing the opportunity of having started in those movies. Yeah. Well, and and they, as you talked about, too, really laid the foundation for all other wrestlers to have that crossover appeal. You know, Hogan, Cena, Rock, Batista, you know, before them, it was El Santo, it was Mascaras, you know, and whether, you know, the order of wrestler versus actor, that line was somewhat blurred. They were really the first to be able to do both. In a time, too, where it was a lot more normal, it seemed like. It felt like Lucha Libre culture has really embraced that a lot sooner than uh, American wrestling culture, where Hogan was afraid to work in movies uh, because of the perception of, of what that would look like in the United States and, and blurring that line, where now it's a lot more common to see wrestlers on television and in movies and in you know other types of projects. It was the norm with the luchadors back in, in the 1950s. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just the norm. It was, uh, it was, it, it was the uh, a phenomenon and a sensation. Mm-hmm. Like um, Santo uh, wrote that that kind of expectation of being a larger than life personality out of out of those movies, and out of, like the legend was that he never appeared without his mask uh, and was famously buried in it, and as a, as a result of being 
this kind of personality where he didn't want to be seen as anything other than this bigger than life superstar so that the movies really helped create and the wrestling just cemented. And go ahead, Desi. No, I, I totally agree. And you know, that's a very common thing now too, with luchadors. You don't know their real identity. You never see them without the mask. And that all started with Santo. Like, yeah, he was the guy. Well, and, you know, the partnerships in between film and media and luchadors continues to grow. Uh, an example of this is fairly recent. Demente Animation Studios partnered with Mass Republic um, in to develop a new TV and media deal for projects based off of um, industry-leading luchadors, based off mm-hmm. of the press release that was uh was sent out uh, earlier this year, but they are working with Mass Republic to put content together uh, that feature luchadors. And it is because of the past and the, uh, the types of, you know, content that we see luchadors in, especially way back, whether that's action or sci-fi or horror films, you know, yep. kind of kind of uh, cheesy, but still people love. Um, and I think that that, too, is something it's so fairly feels universal um, and, and larger than life, because it also then influences things like uh, superheroes. And it influences, you know, again, adding that culture of, of Mexican and Latin culture tied into that, too, mm-hmm. um, makes it to be a very unique form of entertainment and art that captures a different type of audience. I, I just want to point out, since we were talking about uh the 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 mass republic partnership they also partnered with several luchadors to do the comic books which was another part of the 50s mystique as well that yes, right so yes. uh it, it is very much they're they're trying to to build on that the past but kind of bring us to the present with this sort of thing too uh, they used the modern day bigger than life people ray mysterio conan uh, the uh, the Los Astros. Uh, so yeah, the, you know, the, all of this is a huge part of the this wave. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue into part two of this topic that we are going to get to after this commercial break. So stay tuned because uh, if you think Lucha Libre was popular before, it's about to get <laughs> way more popular now uh, under let's say the guise of this huge major company you want to know which one it is well come back and you'll find out they know they always know say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. 
A big thank you to our sponsors, of course, the host of ChairShot.com. Again, this is the Wednesday edition of ChairShot Radio. This is me, Miranda Morales, Dusty Murphy, Brendan Barr from the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We've been talking about Lucha Libre and pop culture, and we kind of reminisce, gave a little history lesson, a background of Lucha Libre and pop culture, starting with the one El Santo back in the 1950s, of course, Blue Demon, Mil Mascaras as well, the influence that we've seen in comics and movies, and how it's led to even some modern partnerships between, uh, you know, uh, companies um, and, uh, you know, other projects to expand uh, Lucha Libre into more uh, entertainment forms of media. But the biggest one thus far has been under the guise of Disney. Yes, Disney has its hands in the world of Lucha Libre through two different projects. One of them is something very unique that we actually don't see in the States, and that's Marvel Lucha Libre. I'm going to pass it off to Dusty, who has a lot more information about this. Yeah, well, it all started with Marvel collaborating with Funko, and they dropped the first of two waves of luchadors based on their superhero properties. There was a Spider-Man called El Arachno. There was a Venom that was El Venenoide. Uh, there was a Deadpool that was El Chimichanga de la Muerta. That was my <laughs> the favorite best one. of the, the names. Best yeah, one. easily Anyone the who best. Knows Deadpool like that? <laughs> Spoiler alert, that is not a literal translation of Deadpool's name in Spanish. <laughs> But yeah, they they came out with all these cool luchador-based versions of their characters. Uh, They announced – and they have released shoes, clothes, bags, purses, all kinds of stuff. It's been merchandised completely. But what was really cool about that and was especially unusual is that they collaborated with Lucha Libre AAA in Mexico to create actual luchadors. So they have people come out and wrestle as El Arachno, as El Venenoide, um, the Thanos characters, Terra Purpura. Um, they have backstories. They, it's incredible. And to see Disney, of all people, investing in this luchador idea shows that Disney sees a lot of promise and obviously mm-hmm. a lot of money. And Lucha Libre, like they wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't a lot of money in it. And so it's interesting that Disney, of all people, has made a bet on Lucha Libre to pay off. I I think it's a sign of its resurgence, and I think that we're going to see more of it than ever, especially now that there are, you know, like we see this all the time with Disney princesses, you know, like they people buy into that, and it's a thing that's around forever and ever. But now we've got Disney luchadors, and I think it'll always be a thing going forward. I think people will look at this era as the time that it really picked up, and they'll be surprised it took this long to get here. But, yeah, Disney and Marvel have merchandised the heck out of these. There's there's everything. There's all kinds of stuff. There's even, like, the Wrestle Buddies that people remember from the 80s, the WWF Wrestle Buddies. They make luchador Wrestle Buddies at Funko, the plush guys. It's It's just incredible how much merchandising and how much Disney and Funko have thrown their effort behind this along with their intellectual property. Yeah. Um, they, they, uh, one of the things I wanted to point out is that with the, the, the Disney luchadors is 
the characters are more important than the uh, than the rest of the performers because yes, and they're all under a mask. Yes, yes. yes. We've now seen probably two different performers under the arachnoid mask at this point, and I mean the fans don't care, but the fact of the matter is that it's we're going to put somebody under the mask and have you do this this show and this performance. So Disney is invested in their own characters and that so much so that wrestlers who famously have big egos are willing to put it aside to work in this uh, kind of larger than life sort of promotion. And, and again, this is exclusive to Mexico. So that too, the fact that this uh, hasn't, it's been really reserved for AAA and Mexican audiences is very unique. That something I think could have a huge crossover appeal here in the United States has been really more reserved for um, a, a different audience. But I mean, again, luchadors and superheroes are very much in the same token. Mm-hmm. Mass identities, um, you know, superhuman abilities, uh, incredible backstories and lineage. I mean, that, that you don't, for some people, you don't know if you're talking about Lucha Libre or superheroes when you say those things because of the fact that they're synonymous. Um, but I do think it's a way too for Marvel to come into the world of pro wrestling, which again, in here in the States is not very well known. The only crossover you have is Batista. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, oh, I where, mean- there's a huge fan base that naturally actually likes the both too. Yeah. The, uh, to be fair, there is this other guy named the rock who's kind of a big deal and is a wrestler. Well, I'm not <laughs> counting until black Adam comes out. So yeah. Until yeah, so then he's not a superhero. Count. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I guess he's you can Scorpion count John King. Cena. You can yeah. count Cena. He's got his, uh, yeah. he's got his suicide, suicide squad. Yeah. He's in the Super number one release. superhero movie right yes. now. Yeah. Yes, but technically John Cena isn't a superhero in that movie. Spoiler <laughs> alert for anyone who watches that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, but you're, but again, going back to those men wouldn't I don't think would have had a place, or I don't think pop culture and, and media would have opened their arms to them if it wasn't part of that foundation that was laid already as silly and ridiculous as those movies were, you know, <laughs> I, I think at the same time that made it easier for wrestlers to go after roles that were larger than life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they are truly the, some of the only people on the planet you look at and you could see as a superhero, someone that's untouchable, someone that, you know, is, is uh, uh, at another level. Um, and so I, I think that uh, Marvel within the United States and around the world should really explore that larger possible partnership between pro wrestling and, you know, superheroes and their products, because there is a huge audience that could, you know, benefit from crossover. Now say, you know, that leaves Marvel and slash Disney in a bind, because really the only place you can do that with is that, you know, within the WWE. And they have their own agenda and own things that I don't know if Marvel came to them and said, we want this, how they have, easily yeah. they would bend or say, ah, actually, we're going to do this. I don't know. They have it their depends own on if the Mar- at this point, too. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Just to, so, uh, so they could do it themselves, but I don't yeah. know if they do it with Disney. Sorry, Dusty. Keep going. 
I think they'd do it if they got somebody from Marvel to dress up as a Saudi Arabian before they offer uh, the money. Oh, <laughs> oh but really no, chilly, shady in here. <laughs> SmackDown is on Fox though, and Fox and Disney are one corporate entity now. So I do think that they could have the pull to get something on SmackDown, whether WWE necessarily wanted it or not. They already saw zombies, so how? Yeah. <laughs> Again. Oh, El Santo. Yeah, no. yeah El that's El who we needed was El Santo. He defeated the zombies. He, yes. Yeah, yeah. The Miz, he just laid down and took it. Yeah, El Santo walked so Miz could run. <laughs> uh, another project uh, that Disney is uh, working on that has also incorporated Lucha Libre is a new Disney Channel show uh, currently known as Black Scorpion and Ultraviolet, formerly known as what was what was the former name? Blue Demon and Blue Demon Ultraviolet. Demon and Ultraviolet. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Demon and Ultraviolet. We'll explain that in a second. But this is a live action television show that's been production in the works with Disney, uh, featuring focusing on a young girl Ultraviolet who becomes a superhero under the guise. Uh, I don't know how much this has changed the storyline. It was her uncle, Blue Demon. Story. Yeah, story is virtually unchanged. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, under the guise of her uncle and within, you know, the the framework of Lucha Libre and understanding of Latin culture and the dynamic of family. Um, it's a very big deal to have, you know, a Lucha Libre at the forefront of a children's television show. Yes, Mucha Lucha does still count. We will not forget Mucha Lucha. <laughs> cannot ignore Mucha you Lucha. You cannot yeah. ignore Mucha Lucha. But uh, since we don't have Mucha Lucha anymore, uh, again, live action, you know, television show on Disney is a very big deal. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com um, You know, Brendan, can you kind of share, you know, kind of your thoughts and also some of the background as to, you know, some, some of the changes behind it? Well, uh, yeah. So as you mentioned, it was originally going to be Blue Demon and Ultraviolet. I feel like Disney's intention was to cash in on the popularity of Blue Demon and the Blue Demon Jr. Uh, personas to to draw in legitimacy legitimate wrestling fans um we don't know why blue demon has is not involved in the production anymore but they've changed it to a more generic character black scorpion uh it is still going to be fundamentally the same thing there's still going to be a family show with with this being a crime fighting family hearkening back to santo and blue demons original movies where they were crime fighters and monster fighters and so she's it's it is very much like a uh superhero origin story where ultraviolet is going to get brought into this world from my understanding and of course this all could change in multiple writing redrafts by the time we finally see an episode but um yeah that's so you know that focus on family has always been important that focus they they mentioned many times they want to focus on uh kind of the uh, latin 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 latinx uh yes that's the word i was looking for 
uh, <laughs> sort of a version of, of the family dynamic, uh, mm-hmm. both uh, on both sides of the border, what it looks yeah. like here and what it looks like uh, in Mexico and, and other Central American countries. So. Uh, but that's very much what they wanted to have in the forefront. That's, they have a showrunner who's said that and they've hired writers along to work along the lines on this, but it comes down to they want a superhero story that works for, um, different families than, than the, the Marvel verse works for, right? You know, Marvel is successful, but it could be, you could do something for another group. And I, I love the way that you describe it because it really is feeling like it, it's a callback. It's a modern version of the Al Santo movies and the Mil Mascaras and, and Blue Demon as far as, you know, crime fighters and fighting mm-hmm. monsters and, you know, doing the right thing and doing it for a whole new generation. I mean, literally a whole new generation of kids and even adults who may have not even been born when uh, these original movies uh, in Mexico were um, were made. But it's still the same fun, the same uh, form of entertainment and mm-hmm. acknowledgement of, you know, Lucha Libre being more than what you see inside of a wrestling ring. It's a persona. It's an identity. It is. You know, something very special, but also very magical. And the fact that it's now being turned into something that younger kids now can see and get their own version of is a fairly big deal. Again, under the juggernaut of Disney, you know, they make the the dolls and the princesses and the movies and the Mm -hmm. streaming service. You know, it can have such a wide reach. I want ultraviolet as a Disney princess. That's my end goal of this alliance. I mean, I'd, I'll take any of the Marvel uh, luchadors as a princess as well, but I, they, they seem to have firmly positioned Ultraviolet to be a, kind of the crossover for that. So that'd be really cool. I think the frontrunner yeah. for that is Chimichanga de la Muerte. <laughs> I, I, you know, my I'm ready for it. I don't know if the world yeah. is ready. <laughs> my wallet isn't ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's wrap up. So, you know, the, the thoughts on, you know, some, what, where do you think, you know, Disney or Marvel could go next within the world of, of Lucha Libre? We've joked about, you know, the princesses and, and of course this new show, Black Scorpion and Ultraviolet. Is there a market or, you know, something that you think they could capitalize on to really, you know, continue to leverage and utilize Lucha Libre, uh, not only as a way to, to get to a larger audience, but also that Lucha Libre and luchadors could benefit from? I, I honestly think the next stop on the train, I guess, is is a movie. I don't know if it's animated or live action. We saw a cameo of Santo in the Coco movie. It was like the most famous oh, yeah, cameo yeah. in the movie. And yeah. so Disney's pretty aware of Lucha Libre, and I feel like they have to be aware of the movies. But I just don't know where that goes. Animated would be more in line with the Disney thinking, but live action would be more exciting for Lucha fans. So, but yeah, I think movies are the next frontier for Disney and Lucha Libre pop culture. Or return to movies, I guess. Yeah. Regular listeners of of our show will know that I'm always pushing for more Lucha Mm -hmm. movies to be made. Uh, So, obviously, that's what I want. Um, I don't know that uh, Disney's going to be the first one to do it, though. I think that uh, 
I think that with this, these animation deals, I think we're going to see uh, a Lucha movie in an animated front b- before Disney gets to it because Disney's focused on this live action show right now and uh, they're they're probably a cu- uh, about a year or so behind so we'll see very interesting thoughts gentlemen thank you so much for joining me on the Wednesday edition of Every week on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, where we give you all the events, details, news, opinions, and thoughts of what's happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Don't forget to follow thechairshot.com, of course, at thechairshot.com, and at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And gentlemen, let's see where uh, our listeners can find you. Dusty, where can our listeners find you online? I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. And you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Facebook and Instagram. New episodes of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drop on Fridays, Saturdays, depending on the the week. Uh, But you can find that, of course, on LuchaCentral.com and TheChairShot.com. Of course, you got a full week ahead of ChairShot Radio, Thursday and Friday, then back to Monday, because I just don't have the list of who hosts each of those days. But just know that ChairShot Radio is every day on the ChairShot.com. If we're going to be here on the regular, I may just need that script. Uh, just <laughs> because if this becomes a regular thing, I should be able to list out the other hosts of ChairShot Radio. But, it'd be uh, nice. It'd be nice. So I'll, I'll talk with Gregory on that one uh, whenever I see him again. But we hope you enjoyed this edition. Hope you continue to learn more about the world of Lucha Libre. You know we're going to be back. It just is happening now. Just the inevitable will happen that we will be back hosting another episode of Chair Shot Radio someday. Not sure when, but, hey, stay tuned to find out. Give us topic ideas, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, reach out to social, us on social media. We're open to suggestions. So for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to always use your head. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less spark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart and baby satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. The Always use your head.